People always saying, Charles, you can't sell Lyrically, you are new sense, but you can't tell And I wanna beat they ass till my two hands swell Yeah, hit them up style like Blue Crate Trail but, but, but since the new year, I'm a new man, hell My team tight, no way my crew can't jail Like the Wu Clan, the Ku Clan, we roll OD You don't hold heat, get a crew, man, hell Hey guys, welcome back to Block Channel um, We're back for episode 30 Episode 30, that's crazy we're over, you know, we're over our 30s now. This is a pretty big deal. Um, you know, we're starting to really settle down, figure ourselves out, you know, know who we are, know where we're going. This is great. Um, you know, and with that, you know, I'm back with uh, my very loyal co-hosts, uh, Corey Petty and Demetric Ferguson. Uh, gentlemen, go ahead and introduce yourselves for the 30th time. As always, hey. coming through on episode 30, saying it first before D gets to Corey Petty. Yeah. And I'm the other co-host, D. Excited to be here. Excited about Marvel vs. Capcom Infinity. I picked it up last week. I haven't played it yet, but um, I'm pretty excited about that, as I am this interview. But just want to throw that out there. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, I have myself, Stephen Mackey, host. Um, thing I'm excited about right now, because that seems like the thing that Dimitri's doing. I've been watching a lot of Chef's Table on Netflix in 4K, and that's just that's really changing my life right now. Um, just want to throw that out there. It's a great show. Maybe you can watch it. Um, anyways, so on our show today, uh, we're very lucky to have uh, a guest and a you know a project that I'm like personally like very interested in, and I was very happy to uh, have this gentleman on our show. Um, he's working on a, uh, a project that is kind of uh, kind of familiar to uh, Airbnb. If you if you uh, know anything about that, if you ever heard about that, um, and you know, and since it involves crypto, you know, we had to have him on the show to figure out, you know, how the hell it works, what he's doing, why he's doing it. So, uh, without any other further ado, uh, John, um, would you want to just go ahead and uh, bless us on your your background? Um, who you are, and then we'll go into the guts of what your project is, the name of it, and everything it's all about. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show today. Um, my name is John. I'm an engineer by trade. Uh, I've been engineering for eight years now, corporate, and most recently I've been a tech lead at Uber before um, just really jumping ship and trying to take on the ICO space, trying to reinvent um, Airbnb on the blockchain. Mm. Yeah, so I could I could jump into telling you guys a little bit about the inspiration behind that, or no, no, no. Before you do that, before you do that, we need the people to know who you are. So, John. Ah, absolutely. I, I need who who are you? You know, where you're an engineer by trade, but what is your background? Why'd you get engineering? You know, like what what's what's what what's tell us about your soul, man. That's what we gotta know. Ah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so one of the one of the large parts of my career that I really like is catching the new trends. So about a decade ago, I was starting to look into, I was starting to look into uh, the, the upcoming rise of mobile. And so I was really interested in it. I studied computer science um, and I shifted to mobile about six, seven years ago when it was still really early on. And I worked and worked on multiple apps, saw the growth of the vector and so on and so forth. And uh, from there really progressed um, while also getting in, into cryptocurrency at around the same time in 2011. And back then I was most, because, because I'm in computer science and the field, it's mostly just watching my friends do it, uh, buying in with them and just 
having fun with it. And uh, more recently, in cryptocurrency especially, just seeing the rise of ICOs, having a lot of fun with my friends still, buying into a lot of ICOs, probably over 50 in just this past year. And eventually, one day, my friends and I decided, hey, we all work in tech. We've all had pretty good careers in tech. Most of us are from the top companies. Why don't we do an ICO? Why don't we bring the professional level of our skill sets and careers into something that we love, which is cryptocurrency? And so that's how we ended up here today. Um, like I mentioned, I really like seeing the new verticals. So back then, it was mobile. and But now, I feel like mobile, it's still growing. But it's definitely blockchain is a new platform and vertical that will be the future. Excellent. Perfect. See, that's much better. See, now I know who you are. I know why you are who you are. I don't know your social yet, but we'll get there. Now, um, so so uh, on, on to our next point here. So uh, let's let uh, let's let Corey or Dimitri do it. Corey, go ahead and go ahead and let's get into the guts of what's going on here. Yeah, I'm actually kind of curious about that. Like it's it's as you say, this is the new vertical. Do you see a change in this space coming from people like yourself, like maybe not even people like yourself, but professionals outside of the space trying to apply their specific domain knowledge into something that hasn't really been done yet or like take what they know and then apply blockchain to it if it's appropriate. And that's kind of going to be like how this space ends up blowing up or is it going to be, I don't know, like how do you, how do you, how do you see all that? Yeah. So, so I just attended a conference yesterday or not yesterday, last Thursday, and I'm based in San Francisco. Uh, it's called Outcoin Symposium, and basically what it what it is is a gathering of legal and tax advice for mostly crypto hedge fund people. And so I attended mostly just to hey. try, try, <laughs> try, try to get a little bit of capital and network around. And they said they were expecting about 100 people and 410 people showed up. And Olaf, the keynote speaker, I think he's one of the first employees of Coinbase and runs Polychain Capital. When he was on stage, he was saying, wow, just last year, there was probably less than like 20 or 30 people interested in this space and in this room. And now there's 410 people. They can tell even even among non-tech, just the legal people are getting really interested. The finance people are getting really interested. The tax people are getting really interested. I just think that this movement is definitely catching up uh, in all verticals and not just tech. Would you say that interest is focused in any direction or they're just like drooling over all this in a room together? <laughs> uh, I think that spe very specific example is they're drooling. I, 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 that, that would be my guess. Um, but more interesting from an engineering perspective is for us, blockchain is the first time in history that there's been a tr trustless P2P network that allows people to really exchange freely with each other without a middleman because back then or back then regardless of you have something i have something and we want to exchange there's always something in the middle there's stripe you, you swipe the card and they take a little bit of a fee there's the other big companies that are part of the sharing economy that use their cars or use their homes and so on and so forth and they still charge you a fee on top of that and so for this is definitely the very first time where if we agree on something we can agree on a transaction that is executed fully in cryptography and math, and we don't have to worry about someone else taking a cut. Excellent. So let's let's I guess let's sort of like talk about um, like a vision of like kind of like where this product is going in the short term. Like like where are you guys at like with the project right now, and kind of like what what's what's to come right now? 
Yep. So I think a lot of us are very passionate about the travel space. I mean, who isn't? And ironically, one of I've never our... left the country, so you're going to have to convince me that I'm going to need to do that. <laughs> oh, well, well, we'd like to have you as a beta test user and uh, okay. <laughs> send you far, far abroad. That sounds great. I will uh, take some free tokens and some credits. It's fine. Continue. <laughs> awesome. Um, so, so basically... Let me let me think about where I left off there. Um, short term wise, we we had we have one of our friends who's a front end engineer, and he literally built a clone of Airbnb for fun last year before we even started on this project, and so we have visually a very beautiful um, foundation to start off. Thousands of lines of code. So what we're more interested in, and we do have a relatively large engineering team of six to seven people, is really focusing on the payment side, the API side, the back-end blockchain side. So how to generate the smart contracts when the buyer and the seller agree on something, um, generating that data, putting it onto the blockchain, making sure that the all of the information is there so that ideally in our uh, ideal state, we go you would go to a house and there's a smart lock there that you unlock with your Ethereum address and everything goes smoothly from there. Um, but short, short term, we're really making, we want to bid out that prototype. We want to onboard hosts and guests because for us the customer is uh the main experience that we want to provide first before we focus on anything else um definitely tack tackling the incumbent airbnb which is hugely and wildly successful is very um uh intimidating at sometimes and so we just want to keep our heads down and build a great product for our first users first before we decide on anything else could could you guys make it so that when i show up to a crib and like I have my phone, I don't have to do that awkward moment where I was sent the wrong passkey or I have the wrong passkey somehow. So I keep entering it into this random strange person's house. And I got a group of ladies with me, so the embarrassment is growing exponentially. And so then I got to check my email and find this person's number, call them, but they're probably like in Peru. So they don't give a damn about their property that they own. They just like, Oh, I guess this guy's got the wrong code. I don't care. I'm in Peru. Basically, long story short, are you going to make it easier for me to not be embarrassed when I show up at a stranger's house? I get in that person's house. Yeah, so for us, the vision is as long as you ha can prove that you are the unique Ethereum address that was registered at the beginning of the smart exchange contract, then you're golden. So we'd be able to read your smart uh, read your Ethereum address and just let you in, uh, whether that be like scanning a QR code or using a lock or so a smart lock, so something something along those lines. I like it. If you're looking for a commercial idea, you can have that story. Yeah. It's real. That embarrassment grows <laughs> fast when you're trying to like get it to somebody's house. Like, you don't have the code, do you? It's like, shut up, man. <laughs> Ouch. So speaking of yeah. uh speaking of like kind of the smart locks, is that is that something that you've cuz this was something I guess that idea was I would I want to say originated, but was really large during the DAO because that was the reason for the DAO was to then fund Slocket, which their whole idea is to un yeah, unlock yeah, locks yeah. So, with uh, Ethereum blockchain. How how do y'all plan to that? Yeah, so we're definitely looking into the cost structure of this. Our our specialty is in software, and hardware is very interesting to us. Uh, we've actually reached out to Slocket once or twice, but haven't uh, found a good connection in. So if any of you or uh, no no way in, uh, definitely we, we, we want to talk to them. Um, but otherwise, we're looking into more reasonable um, 
approaches like because even if we do partner with Slocket, we we don't know what the what the cost constraints are, and, and we don't know if it's a viable widespread solution. So we're also looking to simple QR codes um, that maybe the host could post on on their door that could scan, and so on and so forth. So we're looking for ch really cheap alternatives like the QR code. To um, I would assume Slocket is more on the high end side to just actually doing something on our own um, that that's a little bit more uh, usable um, in the middle. Right on. Yeah, it's definitely so like. Go ahead, oh, go, ahead. Ahead, go ahead. All right. Uh, like I like what I like about this, and what I like about most platforms that I find like interesting in this space that I'd like to look further into is is the community aspect of like what what you're trying to do. Like this doesn't work unless you have a network of people, a network of sellers and buyers trying to do something, and you're bringing them together and allowing them to basically transfer payments along the way and. Like, how do you how do you how do you build your network? How do you how do you bootstrap the people who are willing to take that extra step into doing this type of thing? Yeah, so we're going to bootstrap first with friends and family, and uh, we, we have a employee size of, of about ten to fifteen people. We're not a small team, so we're all going to be using our own apartments as guinea pigs for this experiment. At our friends and family, we're looking at at least like thirty to fifty listings initially. On top of that, we're taking a lot of uh, Airbnb long-term hosts, hosts of three to five years plus, and just really interviewing them, getting to know exactly what they want, what it would take for them to co-list on Airbnb and BeToken and take their feedback. Or we also have business development people. These people, they have been in the real estate industry for years. They've sold homes to most of the influential uh, figures in Silicon Valley and just having them go out to real estate developers, see if they're interested in partnering with us to get us started and honestly i think long term wise everyone believes in decentralization they we, we all believe that as we give our our tokens out we have a significantly stronger advantage because as our network increases in in and appreciates so and in success so does all of the token holders and that's not really prevalent with airbnb because it's mostly just the founders the early employees the big vcs that are really getting that profit as uh, the, the company grows. So we definitely think long-term we're okay. It's short-term that we're really focusing on getting those parts correct so that we can mm -hmm. survive and continue to grow towards long-term vision. So so let me just ask you this. What is um, what is something that you're, you're, you're personally kind of maybe worried about uh, in the short-term as you guys go to like execute um, on just like, you know, Potentially, like very great product. You know, it sounds like you guys like really have your head in the game, and you have like your your ducks all aligned in a row, and things are going to go well. But what's what's something you guys are like worried about in the short term? Yeah, so I'll be honest. Honestly, even with a really good team and all all a good game plan, one of the things that blockchain lacks is maturity. And so for us, the most prevalent issue is trust and safety. And there are multiple ways we can tackle this issue, but at the end of the day, there's no one to truly sue. I mean, we'll have a corporation, uh, maybe, and and so on and so forth, but it, it's just it just doesn't feel as trustworthy as as a huge uh, legal entity structure like Airbnb. Mm -hmm. what, what's ironic is the blockchain is what's fully transparent. It's what allows people to really have their identity on the blockchain so that it's not stealable, so that's truly verifiable. But but just tying everything together, it, it's 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 still not 
perfect. And and Airbnb isn't perfect yet either, but we definitely want to make it so that we feel really good about that uh, moving forward. Awesome. So so with that said then, um, what is something, uh, what's something that we can look forward to, you know, kind of like in the short term for you guys, you know, what's, what's something actionable for the audience that they can do, I guess, to learn more about you guys or to, you know, get more involved? Yeah, sure. So actually just earlier today, we released our website. It has our team, our advisors on it. Um, it's the btoken.com, B as in Bumblebee. Um, we're going to be releasing a roadmap and white paper within a week or two, and we're still very early stage, so we're still talking to uh, crypto heavyweights, um, to real estate people, to crypto uh, hedge funds, and so on and so forth. So if you're interested, uh, please reach out. My email is john, J-O-N, at thebtoken.com, and don't hesitate. Um, but yeah, those are, those are my plugs. Um, otherwise, I encourage everyone to just get into crypto as early as possible. You don't have to buy, but just knowledge is power here. If it's if it truly is the new vertical, it's good to get in early. Look at that. that. That's some damn good advice. Look at that. The new vertical. I like that. A vertical never before seen ever. <laughs> <laughs> one man, one vertical, one desire. Nice. <laughs> we just did that. We did that right now. <laughs> that was me. What the hell? Uh, Quit. The Go to Hollywood. Tell you that. Go to dude, Hollywood oh. right now. Oh, dude, I never told you I could copy voices. Yeah, hold on. I can give you another one. Hold on. Um, you want, <clears throat> you want some popsicles? I got some popsicles in the cell if you want some. <laughs> <laughs> when we early on in the, in our other podcast, the Bitcoin podcast, in our like early early shows, D would constantly have like almost a segment on the show that was D impersonating a black guy talking about cryptocurrency and <laughs> it was great he must have I done like <laughs> i did wesley snipes i did exhibit i did ice cube it was awesome um are you gonna are you gonna demo that for us right now um no are <laughs> <laughs> you gonna give us your best dmx this is bullshit. best dmx huh hold on hey yo bitch Hey, hey, yo, yo, hey, I thought I told you to put me in that token cell. <laughs> huh? What? Okay, we're done with Where that. We're done. <laughs> we're done with that. Um, I got a real question for you. It's about to get dark. Uh-oh. Uh, so, no pun intended. I'm leading with the no pun intended because you'll see where I'm going. So, the real Airbnb... The real Airbnb, they ran into some like issues in the Eurozone. And there was actually an advantage to them being a centralized service because they could crack down on these issues. And the issues were people in the Eurozone weren't, uh, let's just say, they didn't like black people and they weren't letting black people stay in their houses. And it was becoming an issue because you've got like black professionals, as I like to call myself. Like, we want to stay in Airbnb. Like, I want to go on a vacation. But then I, I just all of a sudden mystically can't get into your home. That's pretty jacked. So having a centralized, you know, body to say, hey, European people, that's fucking whack. And if we find out you're doing it, you can't use our service anymore. So how would you, like, how to decentralize Airbnb just to, to say, 
like would you just have to depend on word of mouth throughout the community like how what if that just became a thing that there wasn't an entity to slap people on the wrist yeah that's definitely that's definitely a very interesting um point that we haven't really fully explored too deeply and the reason for this is we've been focusing a lot more on the post-housing state, right? Like you stay, how do you calculate your trust and reputation score? How do you have immutable reviews? But now we're talking about before we even make the decision, there's a little bit of, uh, there's there's clear prejudice involved there. And I think, I think it's really interesting because for us, we don't know if we're going to reveal the full identity of somebody or just their Ethereum address at that point in time. So there wouldn't even be a distinction at that point. All you you would be able to see are the reviews of this person, the uh, reputation score that we generate for this person. I don't necessarily know if we should have too much information. It should be optional, I almost feel. But um, I, I, I think that would be the, the only way to mitigate it because eventually we want to move to a decentralized um, truly decentralized way, and that in in that scenario, then there would be voting, there would be prediction markets. So if if this host is all the time doing these bad things, then by consensus of the decentralized network, that they would be kicked off, or they, there would be um, some type of punishment um, invoked. That yeah. the voting unconsensus part is still a little bit too early for us to fully um, rely on at this point um, in in blockchain. So um i i think we need to if, if it's just up to like our entity making that decision we we need to flesh that out a little bit more but of course we try our best to do what is fair and right it's just we need to actually evaluate what exactly that means uh for us yeah. nice well i think uh i think that about does it because we actually already asked him to lead the audience with something and then he left it and then he came back mm-hmm. so I guess we're good here. Unless anyone else has any more questions for this gentleman or John. John, is there is there anything else you want to leave us with? Ah, <laughs> uh, not yet. No. It's okay. No. That's fine. Um, All right, great, great, great. Well, yeah. we have no more questions for you here. So I'm just gonna actually um I, I am gonna ask you this. Um, as far as uh the platform goes, uh, and as far as it being a um uh, a real competitor to Airbnb. Um, like, do you do you guys see yourselves like taking advantage of as many Web three related technologies as you can, in hopes to be a, like a fully decentralized version of this system? Like, or like, kind of what's the like? How do you guys expect to like go up against a company like Airbnb at scale? They want. Absolutely, and and I don't think we're trying to tackle Airbnb at scale from day one. And if you think about it. Uh, you look at Uber versus Lyft, and there's no unique value proposition right there, but competition is good for the market. It drives the price down for the consumers, et cetera. That's not really possible for, for Airbnb because if you go to a VC firm and you ask to for them to give you money to be a competitor to Airbnb, they would probably laugh and kind of just shoo you away there. Um, but in the case of a decentralized blockchain, we, we can do a lot of things such as become become the official host for crypto meetups, uh, events, and so on and so on, so forth. Mm-hmm. So I think a, a, a large part of what we're trying to do is we're first trying to target the and 
do what's right for the people that will that that we're building it for, such as the cryptocurrency community, which doesn't really have really good outlets to spend their cryptocurrency yet. I mean, we're talking that there's a lot of dark web use cases for all the legal stuff. And other than that, I mean, the real world applications of Ethereum or even just cryptocurrency in general, there's not that many. So we definitely want to cater more towards that, like providing a healthy outlet for crypto to survive the hype and so on and so forth before we worry about that. But we definitely have a lot of things on our roadmap to address the mainstream population, such as partnering with certain companies that can abstract out the B token, and then you could just use fiat directly at the top layer, and then it kind of translates down to B token at the bottom layer. Um, there's definitely some companies that are doing that right now, um, and so on and so forth. So, so I think in our in our next year roadmap, we're not targeting the mainstream audience just yet. Uh, we're more bullish on cryptocurrency community growing and that naturally bringing us more users. Um, but after we're fully established in the markets that we feel like we have an advantage in, then we'll target mainstream. Excellent. Perfect. That's, I guess that's the best way to close then. Um, uh, I wouldn't have anything else to add on to here. Uh, so what, what I'll say is, you know, after you guys' project is out and you guys have like proven that you guys are like, you know, gonna be gunning for Airbnb. We'll have you back on here and then you can talk shit about Airbnb and how you're crushing. <laughs> and and that'll be great. Uh and, wow. and until then, uh we will have you guys back um just whenever you get, whenever that time comes. Uh and, and we'll let you go from here. Cool. Um thank you so much for having me on the show. Um thanks for recommending the, me the blue yeti. That's a good really good microphone. And yeah, of course. Uh, please check out our website. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's, yeah, that's, that's it for me too. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, John. This episode of Block Channel was brought to you by Status. Status is a decentralized messaging client that doubles as an Ethereum light client. Their vision is to be the WhatsApp of Ethereum by utilizing the power of Web3. Status aims to be the decentralized messaging client slash dApp store where you can chat, send money, and interface with powerful bots and applications built atop the Ethereum network. If you're a developer, they also have very robust technical documentation and they make it easy to start building apps quick. So check out their links to their site and API documentation in the show notes below.